notorious cave rave scene from The Matrix Reloaded was filmed right here in Cavernous, Springfield, Missouri. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower, you were listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I am Andy Carr. And I am Dan Howell. We will not rest until until we've... Oh, I almost did it perfectly. Yep. Mm. <laughs> until we've tried every locally owned restaurant in Springfield, Missouri. Our lovely hometown. Wow. <laughs> what a great premise for a show. Uh-huh. <laughs> we came up with it all by ourselves. Yep, that's right. <laughs> How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Uh, I've got a little cocktail here in front of me, which the listeners are going to hear about later. Yeah. Be a little editing it's yummy you can chime in whenever you want gotcha. i was gonna say do, do they know it's 11 15 on a sunday morning yep it is uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty normal okay as listeners are listening to this uh if they're listening to it on the day that it comes out i'll be back to work first wow. day of school wow i mean i, I only had six days yeah. off because i taught summer school but oh boy school starting you guys have feelings about the start of school gin helps <laughs> uh, not since I got out of school and uh, now just work ad infinitum, just, <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just without, without yeah. any break. Um, it does make me you. a little depressed whenever I see that school is getting back in session, even though I'm not in school. Why? I don't know. Just the feeling of going back to school. I start seeing back to school ads and I just realize how short the summer was and how little I did with it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little different for us. We've got boys in the house who go back to school, and so yeah. it's always a transitional period. But um, yeah, yeah. Is it an exciting time to to have a little more free time around the house? To, uh, yes to... and no. But school is really when things get ramped up. So it's yes. kind of the opposite. Summers are normally pretty chill. We yeah. kind of everybody gets to watch more TV. And, yeah, you know, the tutors not at the house three nights a week yeah. and stuff mm. like that. Two of the boys are they're twins. They're going into seventh grade, so oh. they're going to play football for the oh, first wow. time. Yeah. Cool. They've never played before, so oh. much like Andy and I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. twenty-seven and thirty-three-year-olds who have never played football. Yeah. And that's why I never, I never played football growing up. So I don't really know what to do except yeah. throw a football at them and. Do gotta get used to it guys i just say do whatever the coach says hard and fast yeah we'll see i had to go back to work on wednesday morning and tuesday night i was pretty bummed out which doesn't make any sense because i i worked all summer but then wednesday morning i woke up and i was excited to be back i'm only going to be teaching one grade this year instead wow. of i taught a split class last year Jeez. just got one grade back downstairs in the old room looking forward to it yeah, we were talking about maybe trying to review the cafeteria food, <laughs> oh, nice. but I don't know how we'd pull that off, uh, considering you have a day job, Dan. I don't know how you'd get over there for that. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I could take a day off <laughs> under the <laughs> guys that I'm going to go to a elementary school mm -hmm. to eat lunch with my friend, a teacher. <laughs> uh, I've got an idea for you. So there's big brothers, big sisters, uh, right? Sure. I'm in, actively involved in that. I'm on the board and I had a little brother, but they have a lunch buddies program yeah. where they pair you with a, a, a kid who needs some mentoring. All right. So, once a week during the school year, you go have lunch with them. Kind of backdoor it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, All right. Yeah. I wouldn't say backdoor, but we have, we have several 
Yeah, they come in the front door. <laughs> right. We right, have right. several uh, lunch buddies in my school, and it's a really nice program. It the kids is get so excited on their lunch buddies days. Yeah. And it makes them hard to teach in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for that. No, it's great. I'm Andy just advocates joking. strictly for no more lunch buddies. No, I yeah. don't. <laughs> I'm pro lunch buddy. Yeah. Just because it has the word buddy in You're it. You're pro space. One of my buddies. favorite words. I'm very pro space buddies. So, Mitchell Brandt is our guest today. That's true. Oh, yes. We should probably introduce our guest, mm-hmm. Mitchell Brandt. And <laughs> Mitchell, yeah, but Jen's working. So Mitchell, do you go by Mitch or Mitchell? Well, it's funny, you know. I don't want to be like that that guy who's like, no, it's Jonathan. Um, so I never say like, yeah, it's, I would never correct somebody. And I think it's like always, I introduce myself as Mitchell, and it's kind of like it's like a nice feeling when somebody feels like they know me well enough to sure. call me Mitch. Sure. Like my neighbor, yeah. you know, he's started calling me Mitch, and and that's fine. It's you know one thing if. I'm in a job interview or something. And I'm like, hey, my name's Mitchell Brandt. They're like, okay, Mitch, uh, tell me, you know, and you're like, eh, you didn't earn it. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, it's we're drinking on a Sunday morning. You guys can call me Mitch. Okay. If I you, feel like it's want. different to shorten than to like Andy and I go by shortened versions of our names right. already. Yeah. And I feel like people will extend my name sometimes. I'm fine. I go by Daniel probably about half the time uh-huh. i feel like andy goes by andrew much less than that yes but it's it's a different feeling to shorten mitchell to mitch than to lengthen andy to andrew it implies something different i think i go by andy much less than to go by andrew not for lack of trying oh yeah i'm happy to be andy now i've kind of embraced it but whenever i got out of college i just decided i'm just going to be andrew now because there were people in college who call me andrew people that call me andy mm-hmm. people at my college job target that called me both mm-hmm. and i mostly i wore a name tag that said dean springsteen when i was at target so <laughs> no one good. really knew what to call me I, I made that with like a labeler it's funny to do that with names that aren't that direct like on the soccer i play on a soccer team mm-hmm. there's a guy named jim I'm like james get over there yeah know, like to go completely opposite yeah. if you meet somebody named bob and you're like hey listen robert robert we gotta get we gotta get to work yeah those yeah. are even wilder to yeah. to Switch lanes entirely. Yeah, but when I got this teaching job, I introduced myself to everyone as Andrew, and I swear within the week I was Andy. Yeah. I yeah. never introduced myself to anybody that way. It just like devolved or evolved, whichever you way you want to look at it. They don't go by Mr. Whatever your last name is. Well, my coworkers. Oh, okay. No, I'd let the kids call me Andy and insist the teachers call me Mr. <laughs> Carr. <laughs> yeah, really burned a lot of bridges whenever you started telling all your friends to call you Mr. Carr. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lindsay's going to be a doctor soon. I'm going to call her Dr. Lindsay. Nice. Just call her Dr. by her last Lindsay. name. Dr. Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> 1960s Alabama. <laughs> But anyway, I'm good with being Andy now. I've embraced it fully. All my That's screen true. names are Andy. We're good. So <laughs> we're good, tell, guys. <laughs> tell us what you do and why you're here, Mitchell. Why I'm here is probably the gin business, but that is our side, my side hustle. Uh, my full time job is I work in uh, advertising. Uh, oh yeah, yeah the Alchemedia Project. Sarah Jenkins used to be one of my coworkers. Right, she yeah. is switched teams Spring food mo favorite yeah yeah <laughs> she switched teams she's with a different agency now but i worked with her for close to seven years about a year and a half ago uh buddy and i started a, a liquor development company we started with this gin and we have ideas to expand and grow our portfolio but our first offering our first skew 
shopkeeping unit for those in the industry, <laughs> uh, is a Meadowview Botanical Gin. And it's been available for about a year and a half now. Awesome. So. Meadowview Botanical Gin. Yep. So you reached out to us, asked if you'd come on and talk about gin after Sarah's episode. And yeah. we said, absolutely, because <laughs> sure. we have never turned anyone down who has asked to come on. <laughs> we've got some people in holding, kind of waiting for a theme month or something like that, but we've never said no. So if you're a cool person who does a cool thing and you want to come on, we will say yes if you yeah. ask. That's for real. Yeah. That goes to you too, Governor Parsons. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> there are all kinds of new breweries in town, man. You need to get some of those guys on. Yeah, I know. I know. I would love to. I would love to have any food industry person. Anyone wants to feed us alcohol at yeah. like 11 a.m. on yeah. a Sunday. So you chose the restaurant we're going to talk about today, which is... The Golden Korean. Let's learn a little bit about it, and you can tell us about your history with it. Okay. On the 13 and 1400 blocks of West Sunshine, just east of the Sunshine Lanes bowling alley, there's a kind of nondescript strip mall, a little rundown with a lot of character. It opened in 1992 and quickly became a low-key haven for international cuisine, or really international family businesses in general. Over the years, many, many restaurants have come and gone there. Our senior citizen listeners might remember Cook Chinese, Hong Kong Garden, Tamale King, Pho Cafe, Little Saigon, or Rolls and Bowls. I knew some people who were obsessed with Rolls and Bowls, but... When I finally drove out there to try it, it had just recently closed for good. Such is life. Anyway, in the year of our Lord, Zenu, 2019, this West Side shopping center is home to a sushi bar, a taco shop, and a Vietnamese market, as well as Golden Korean, one of the first restaurants in Springfield to offer traditional Korean banchan. Banchan is a Korean dining practice that involves serving meals comprised of many small plates, what we might think of as side dishes, all set in the middle of a table meant to be shared by a group of diners. Typically, banchan features varieties of five types of dishes, rice, soup, chili paste or soy paste, and fermented vegetables are arranged on the outside of the table, while on the inside is a pot of stew made from meat or vegetables and a plate of beef ribs or barbecued marinated pork. The more formal the meal, the more banchan courses, anywhere from a three-dish casual lunch to a 12-dish royal dinner. Here's something pretty cool. The banchan tradition goes back over a millennium to around 500 AD, maybe even earlier. It took about um, 1,500 years for banchan to make its way to Springfield, Missouri. A man named Kyung Shim opened a Golden Korean in late 2007 and has run it with his family ever since. Shim's desire from the beginning has been to create as authentic as possible a Korean dining experience, making no effort to Americanize his Korean recipes, resisting the urge to sweeten the flavors to please Midwestern palates. 
Golden Korean used to feature a small second menu of Springfield Chinese options, but on August 1st of this year, just 12 days before the release of this episode, the Sheem family announced on Facebook that they would no longer be serving Chinese food and instead focusing entirely on their trademark authentic Korean cuisine, which, honestly, is a relief. I don't know how many more times on this show we can talk about breaded fried chicken chunks and how crispy they are or aren't and continue to hold the attention of our listeners. So with that, let's talk banchan and other stuff too, I'm sure. All right, Mitchell, tell us why you picked Golden Korean. You guys were asking about unique places or kind of hole in the walls, and it's kind of out there. You kind of got to make a trip out there. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you live there, that's something. But, <laughs> you know, it's a, a place that's been dear to our hearts. And then uh, right after college, I kind of did the thing where it was like, uh, I got to get the heck out of here. Yeah. And uh, I taught English in Korea for a year. Oh, so, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got used to that food for yeah. a year back when I wore a younger man's clothes, as they say. Um, <laughs> It'll be really interesting to get your perspective on this food for that reason. Sure. So, had you been before, Dan? I hadn't. Um, I think I knew that they served kind of the regular Springfield-style Chinese food before this point. I think I had maybe looked at them as a possibility of a place to go mm-hmm. at some point. And whenever we first decided that this was going to be the place we record this week, I really thought I was going to have to get some cashew chicken uh-huh. per the edict or just per whatever taste, other stupid right? standards I've set. Yeah. yeah. So I was actually pretty excited to hear that they no longer serve that style of food and right. that I didn't have to <laughs> act out on these self-imposed rules I put on myself. But yeah, I, I, I had no clue of the other stuff on the menu here. Yeah, I had been once before, I think. Yeah. At the time, they had some sort of peanut chicken dish, which no longer exists. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like Springfield style. Right. Breaded fried peanut chicken chunks. And it was really good from what I remember, but it's, it is just kind of far away from where I am normally at any sure. given time to go on a regular basis. But that was probably eight or nine years ago at this point. So. Well, I was uh, that history that you just uh, put together was really interesting. I'm glad to know that they've been around for so long yeah. and they're sticking to it. There was very little information out there about that place. There was maybe one newsletter article where they reviewed it and there were a couple other sources of information, but I could, couldn't find anything about their actual story, how the family wound up here, that kind of thing. And that strip mall's a trip too, it is. right? Because there's a head shop or like a CBD shop on mm-hmm. the end. Oh no, it's, then, a, it's a head shop. Yeah. <laughs> a, that is Mr. Nice Guys right there. Oh, it is, the, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. classiest head shop in town. We, yeah. Dan and I just kind of by fluke wound up going together. What was it? Friday <laughs> afternoon. Yes. It was just like, Hey, you want to go when you get off work? Cause we get off around the same time. And we right. went and we, we walked into the head shop, but just out of curiosity <laughs> and looked at like the character bongs and stuff like that. We looked like minions, minions, the one hitters and stuff like, oh, the water yeah. Don't, don't get us kicked yeah. out of the head I shop. I don't know that, uh, that language really. <laughs> Anyway, and, it, it next, is a trip. And next to it is a Japanese restaurant mm-hmm. that I've, mm-hmm. I've never set foot in. Little been, Tokyo, too. I think it's New uh, Tokyo. Oh, New Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Little yeah. Tokyo, RIP. Oh. On the north side, at least. Anyway, Yeesh. Golden Korean. Yeah. So let's talk about the food that we ordered. I think Dan and I both had it twice this week. Did you go more than once? I went once, but I've been there a bunch. Right. And I, but then I went with a group of work people mm-hmm. and told them why I was doing it. So I'm like, I'm gonna eat your food and they're <laughs> yeah. like you always eat our food anyway so <laughs> this shouldn't be any different yeah. so yeah at some point during the meal i went around and ate everybody's stuff so 
Mm-hmm. I think I've got a pretty good swath of knowledge. Uh, I also went for a work lunch, and I know that at least one, maybe two of the people that I went with pretty regularly listen to the show, or at least dip in every now and again. Good. And I was pretty thrilled that they were game to go. They yeah. came and asked me if I wanted to go to lunch that day. I was like, well, I got to go review this place. And I told them about it. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's nice. try it. And it was like authentic <laughs> Korean. And one of them said, I might just get fried rice. I was like, go for it. Whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. So we went and we had, a, we had a really good time together. Now, I did try all their food. And uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Let's start with appetizers. Anybody get appetizers? Uh, yeah, I actually did. There's, And this goes back to my time in Korea. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a when you say that but, no all um, right yeah uh during the war yeah during the war you decidedly <laughs> seem like not a <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh yeah so there was a pretty common street food called uh kimbap mm-hmm. and bop is uh korean for rice so it's a big part of their uh diet and at the time you could tell them what you wanted in it yeah. and so i knew it. my vocabulary was just big enough where i could tell them you know a little bit of mayonnaise and you know tuna so to describe this kimbap it's it, it's like sushi mm-hmm. it's like korean sushi a roll and so you would tell them what you wanted in it and they would just kind of subway style put it in there and then roll it up for you cut it up wrap it up in aluminum foil and away you'd go i guess that you would consider that an appetizer yeah. along with all the other stuff around it too so i highly recommend that it's it's very filling so I would definitely yep. get one for the table and just have one or two yourself. Or if you're on a budget, I think it was seven dollars or yeah. something like yeah. that. So um, you could go there and have that and and just the other sides and everything else. And I also tried that on my first trip. Oh, uh, it is very much like sushi, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like tr- traditional Korean preparation of sushi. We actually talked about this in our Zoom and yeah. Taki episode because that is a Korean family that runs that restaurant. It's basically a Korean restaurant that has a wide sushi menu. Uh-huh. Also, interesting at this point. And uh, it is interesting to me that they only have one preparation of, of the, kimbap. the kimbap here. Yeah. Kimbap, kimbap. I try to be respectful, but I just don't know how to say it. I, I enjoyed it. It really nailed like the balance of flavor and texture with the ingredients. Their version, as per the menu, has spinach, carrots, pickled radish, egg, and crab meat mm-hmm. in there. Uh, it's a pretty mild flavor altogether, but there was like a richness present that isn't usually there with a lot of sushi. Right. And there's the, a sweetness, too, from that radish, yeah. which I love stands out totally. egg and radish aren't things i would think of as traditional japanese sushi yeah. preparations right. it felt like more than a meal than a snack i liked it i thought it was pretty tasty yeah. again i don't know if it's just living in springfield we have like these sushis that have been deep fried and right. breaded and that kind of thing and honestly that's usually what i'm going to get and i kind of liked being put in this situation where if i wanted to have this particular type of dish that uh, i got to have the this kind of fresh version of it yeah and it's yeah it's cold right or mm-hmm. you know room temperature room at the warmest and it's nice yeah it was good i also tried the soon day mm-hmm. i have a lot to say about this so please bear with me both you in the room and the people listening these I were both things advance. that i wanted to order whenever we went together <laughs> but you had already had them so i i mean we got plenty of other things yeah, but nothing was stopping you up. you could have done it you know <laughs> Sunday. The menu description reads thusly: Korean pork sausage filled with sweet rice and sweet potato vermicelli noodles. Now, mm. that description leaves off the key ingredient for traditional Sunday: blood. Mm. Uh, this is a blood sausage. I went deep down into a sausage research rabbit hole this morning, and I will spare you all those literally gory details. <laughs> but Sunday, Korean blood sausage. The outer layer, the casing, is the only solid component that comes. From an animal, I mean, beside the blood. The casing is boiled in a soup made from pig's blood, then stuffed with rice and sweet potato noodles and tied off at the ends, and then the whole thing is steamed. 
Did we get that right? What is the casing I, made th- from? Th- this one's new to me. This sounds like a Scottish haggis, you know, where they just put everything in a casing and boil it. Oh, yeah. It does sound like that. It's probably pretty similar to the very same thing. Um, I did leave off one key detail (laughs) of the soon day, though. The casing. It's made from intestines. Tested intestines with Dan, my friend. Tested intestines could be a new trend. Tested intestines fried with onions. The part of the paper with the waste passes. That's right. I tried some more intestines. Not with Dan, your friend, though. <laughs> Not uh. this time. And there were no onions <laughs> cooked with them. That was written for one specific scenario. And now we reuse it anytime we eat intestines. Well, I'm glad it happened so frequently. <laughs> <laughs> That's third or fourth time. <laughs> Go check out the intestines of Bao Bao. They are chewy. They're intestiny. <laughs> At Golden Korean, the soon day on the plate is a deep, dark brown outside and inside. And you can see the inside because the sausage is sliced widthwise. So you have eight or nine circular pieces, each with a diameter of about four centimeters. The casing is very thin, like a millimeter thick. The rice and noodle filling makes up about 95%. I say rice and noodle because I'm just going to take the menu's word for it that there were noodles in there. The potato-based glass noodles are usually really thin and have like a sort of slimy quality. I mean that in a good way. Sure. Uh, But the Sunday filling had no variation to the texture. It looked and tasted like rice. There may have been noodles in there, just like the cooking process. Mm -hmm. Harden them up a little bit or something. I don't know. It's kind of just hard to tell. Now, when I order sausage, I usually expect it to be at least a little bit spicy. Uh, since the menu mentioned sweet rice, I also expected some sweetness. However, the sundae was neither sweet nor spicy. The flavor was pretty bland. Oh, no. Uh, the dish was pretty much all texture. The casing was tough and chewy, while the rice on the inside was coarse and dense, kind of caked together, pretty thick. The sundae was more interesting than, than good to me on its own, with just like a pinch of salt added to the recipe. I probably would have been more into it. Or alternately, I kept wishing it had some kind of dipping sauce to give the interesting texture some taste to go with it the flavor was just so neutral that any sauce would work you could dip it in soy sauce you could dip it in honey or sriracha like any profile i feel like would have gone really well with it anyway this is this is all to say i didn't really care for the blood sausage but i'm glad i tried it and i feel like it could be good if you had something to dip it in yeah that's interesting because uh the goju chang sauce is you know the sweet uh peppery sauce you, are you familiar with this at all no it's really popular and it's it's like on trend reports and stuff in, in the food service industry is it the, the thick red <laughs> paste yeah there are, are, are different varieties they're big on pepper and garlic and whatever else but i know there they do bring out like a it looks like a, a ketchup square yes. bottle we did okay. have that when yes. dan and i went but they did not bring it to us when i was there with the uh three women yeah. that i worked with a little thicker than sambal. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And so what I like about that is that stuff's ex- really expensive in the grocery store. Oh. So we have some at home, you know, and it's like 4 or $5 for a little jar oh, or wow. $9 for a tub or whatever. So they bring it out and I just go ham with uh-huh. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was everything. very good, too. So I wonder if that might have helped your yeah. sausage a little bit. I did not know that it existed on my first trip this week. Uh-huh. However, had I known that it existed, as I learned on the second trip, I would have ordered it on the first trip yeah. to right. dip the sausage in. It's definitely worth trying. If you go, it's cool. definitely worth trying because I've never had anything quite like it. So it's, I feel like it's a neutral review rather than, rather than a negative review. Sure. Gotcha. So let's move into those entrees. Let's start with you, Dan. Well, as we discussed, I had it a couple times. I think I'll probably start with my first one, which may be something that you both already had as well. Mm. The beef bulgogi. Yeah. Mm. I got it as the 
lunch special. It was only nine ninety five. Huge portion of beef bulgogi, just thinly shredded, marinated beef cooked on a grill, and then some nice plain steamed rice along with the banchan. They bring out these side dishes in yeah. little bowls. Like you, right, at, right after you order, right? Yes. Yep. So, you, it, you know, it's kind of like a little mini appetizer platter, except it's all separate containers. Yep. And I had mine to go. So they, they give you the beef bulgogi entree in one full styrofoam box and then your banchan in another. Wow. And it's for the lunch special, it's an abbreviated banchan, as I would call it. It's only five dishes uh-huh. instead of the seven that you get for the dinner. But it's really, I think it's essential to probably any of their dishes. It's mm-hmm. just so good to be able to modify your dish like that. I really enjoyed the beef bulgogi. Andy, you, we talked about it a little bit. I think you also had a chance to try it. Um, not quite as saucy yes. as other beef bulgogis, uh, which is not great. I would like some more mm-hmm. sauce, especially with the white steamed rice that they give you. But I really loved the grill taste on the bulgo you could tell it had been thinly sliced and laid on some kind of nice seasoned grill and I, I really enjoyed it yeah we had this too or so i've had it before and then our co the meal that i had this week one of our co-workers had it the at, lunch portion too and I, one of mine. yeah and i agree it's really good the flavor is really good um my note on that was it was i think it was just cooked a little more uh, too much yeah you know like a two Cook minutes down. less yeah. you know would have that's would have had more beef flavor might have helped with the sauciness you know something kind like that of a too. running theme here yeah sure. yeah but so, also i didn't get any gristle or anything yeah, on there which a good. lot of times with the thinly sliced beef dishes you're going to get like some fatty gristly parts and there was nothing like that on there and whenever you add in the banchan I, this was a really lovely dish for 10 bucks i mean yeah. it, it was a ton of food mm-hmm. for a lunchtime thing so mitchell just based on the experiences you had living in korea how does the flavor of the sauce or just the bulgogi beef in general compare at golden korean to what you might get in korea i mean i think it was pretty close like they're very passionate about their food and they take it very seriously. So like the bulgogi restaurants that I would go to in Korea, like they, they served it a little different. They served it like with like portions of the bone in there too. Mm. And I remember when my parents came to visit, so imagine, you know, your typical Midwestern mother and father in their, (laughs) I guess they're probably in their fifties at the time coming to South Korea and eating at a bulgogi restaurant. All the, the tables had a trash can like next to it. And that was for you to like spit your bones (laughs) into it. You just put them on the floor like peanuts at uh, Texas. Sure. Yeah, Five guys. exactly. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so it, it was comparable. Um, I do remember the bulgogi restaurants over there had pieces of, um, you know, scallions or onion mm-hmm. along with it too, that kind of added to the, the experience or flavor. And they were pretty heavily sauced too, sure. yeah. which was cool because then you could just mix in that rice and it kind of became, it sauced mm-hmm. the rice, you know? And so it was, I am kind of suspecting that my taste had become a little bit Americanized just by eating so much Asian food in Springfield, a particularly Americanized Asian food uh, mecca. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Weirdly. When I tasted the bulgogi, I wished it was both sweeter and spicier yeah and i th- you know and that's probably goes along with the doneness as well too yeah you know you get somebody other, hey go cook this you know sure. come on i mean i'm gonna get sick and you're like, yeah, just pump the brakes let's yeah let's be adventurous here and oh the banchan just really helps a lot because yeah. as sauceless as it is you can throw some of the kimchi on your rice yeah. I, I i really ended up mixing everything now i'll tell you my lovely girlfriend had the chicken bulgogi right yeah. that one in sort of a red sauce strangely but 
much more sauce going on a lot of sauce on that and a lot more spicy sweet flavor kind of like andy described Mm -hmm. it was spicy for like it was actually spicy yeah yeah, it had some good spice to it i mean i i imagine if you were to order it and expressly tell them spicy you could get something quite punch cool what what was your entree so whenever i see a korean restaurant and there i guess there are maybe just two or three in springfield like you kind of have your litmus test like it's so Uh um you know it's cashew chicken for some or whatever like i gotta try their hamburger or whatever so for me it's bibimbap now Mm. did anybody mess with the bibimbap i absolutely did i had the bibimbap so in korea as a teacher like they would order out lunch and i would just always get the bibimbap with uh, coca-cola and it was just perfect you know that's my litmus test. So I got that just to make sure that it was still what it was. And to me, it's awesome because it's so um, customizable. Yeah. So like we were talking about with the gochujang sauce, they bring that out in, mm-hmm. the, in the little square bottle. And so you can make it as spicy as you want. But I love it. So if, if you've never had bibimbap, it's warm rice with all kinds of different vegetables on it. Um, some wilted uh, or maybe even pickled greens. I would assume it's probably like a, some type of lettuce. It doesn't say here on their menu, but I believe it was wilted spinach oh, spinach yeah, yeah yeah cooked spinach yeah that, yeah that makes sense uh the bean sprouts are uh-huh. pretty essential too and then on top of it is an over easy egg mm. yes and so the yolk of that kind of makes this paste and you stir it up and you add that goju chang and in korea they served it with uh, a spoon you know so you yeah. don't have to get all weird and try to eat it with chopsticks and so you just stir that sucker up and get it just oh it's it's awesome. It's very filling. And then uh, somebody else at the table had another variety of the bibimbap, and it's called dolsat bibimbap. And that's where it's served in this super hot stone bowl. And so it's all the same ingredients, but then that egg and the rice, it kind of cooks on the bowl itself. So you can get wow. like that crunchy, crispy rice. And so it's summertime. So that didn't really sound that good to me. But man, in the wintertime, if you've got the blues or need to eat your feelings or whatever, that dolsat yeah. bibimbap, you know, uh, it's just warm and it just stays warm through the entire meal. It doesn't get cold or anything like that. It just, it warms you to your that bones. Awesome. That's so awesome. hot, spicy, summertime i didn't really go for that but the the, the bibimbap there to me of the korean restaurants that i've been to in springfield specifically they are the most traditional that rules it's really popular with buddhists so in korea you know they're mostly buddhist or you know i think they're 25 percent buddhist 25 percent christian 50 percent yeah um (laughs) that's on their census it just says yeah that sounds like me (laughs) <laughs> not 25 yeah. percent christian 25 percent buddhist 50 percent yeah 50 percent yeah, be cool man just, just come on pump the brakes uh and so if you remove the egg then it's completely vegan you know oh. so, so this is kind of a cool story when we were in the neighborhood when i lived in korea there was a, a temple up on this hill and it was kind of a hike to get up there and went up there one time and they were having some kind of festival and so i kind of was like well i'll, I'll get out of here and i don't speak korean and but they were like oh no come 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 or you know gestured or somebody spoke enough english to invite me to come eat with all these monks wow and so sat around with these monks with their shoes off in a little temple up on this hill and you could look down at the city and they serve bibimbap you know and it's just always kind of had a little place in in my heart so that's awesome yeah so that's cool so anyway so you're like rivers cuomo (laughs) Uh, yes in every way (laughs) so many ways ways. i'm glad you're here to talk about it and the reason i didn't order that because it's kind of my go-to at a korean restaurant Mm -hmm. also was because i knew you were going to talk about it so for my main entree, I ordered something that I would typically never get. I need to explain why I did that beyond just the fact that you were going to get the dish, the name I already <laughs> forgot how to pronounce. 
So context is important for how I wound up feeling about it. Okay, earlier this week, I was having dinner with my buddy, Colin, who listens to the show. Hi, Colin. I mentioned to him that we were covering Golden Korean, and Colin told me that it was the favorite restaurant of a mutual acquaintance of ours, someone I barely know like from the local music scene 10 years ago. Colin remembered that this guy had mentioned in a Facebook post that an entree from Golden Korean was his favorite dish in Springfield. Wow. Now, I can't pass that up. Uh, Colin went to the trouble of looking up that post and sifting through 100 plus comments to find that this dude's favorite was something called Jambang. It's J J A M space B B O N G. <laughs> I resolved right then that that's what I would order to talk about on the show. It looks like Jajambabang, some kind of hip fusion restaurant, might rename it like the Jerry Garcia. <laughs> Good. Wow. My notes here say pause for laughs. So <laughs> okay. That worked. <laughs> the menu description of the John Bong reads uh, thusly, spicy, thick noodle soup with mm. mixed seafood, pork, and vegetables. Have you ever had this one, Mitch? I believe so, yeah. So okay. th- if this is what I think it is, it's kind of the standard um, like after meal soup. We would go to these restaurants, and there's one in Springfield now, actually, Bawi, Bawi. Bawi, like the cook-your-own-food place. Yeah, there were a lot of those in Korea, and they were kind of like, it was almost street food. You would go in, and you'd sit on, like, plastic chairs, and there would be, um, it looked like an old oil drum, you know, and in the middle would be the charcoal briquettes, and there'd be, like, half a cow in the back that they'd be cutting these slices of beef off, and you'd cook it and wrap it up in the rice and with the leaf and all that, and then after that, they would bring out this crazy soup with prawns in it, you know, big shrimp in it. And at the first we were like, ah, I'm not touching that. It looks crazy. But then, you know, you'd have a, a few beers and you'd take a bite and it'd be hot outside and the hot spicy soup and it just wouldn't make any sense, but you would just get addicted to it. Yeah. It was so hot, so okay. spicy, so salty. And with your cold Korean beer, it was just yeah. it was pretty good. That so I sounds, think that's what you're going for. Here. That sounds fantastic. Okay. Oh, I no. loved the sound. Uh-huh. I like the sound of what you described and also the menu description. A noodle soup is not typically one of my favorites, but I liked that it said it was spicy. That's what attracted me to it beyond just the fact that a guy I sort of know says it's the best. Uh, I like that it sounds like a variety of textures and flavors. Uh, when the Jambop arrived, it looked great. It was a literal pile of food. Yeah, It was impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. The broth had a dark reddish hue. It came in a tall, deep bowl, and there were so many noodles that the top layer of the noodles rose above the broth. And then on top of the noodles were sliced carrots, green onions, some green sprouts, cabbage, onions cut two different ways, long, thin slices, and like the thick, square Hmm. chunk slices. On top of the veggies were the pork and seafood. You could see a few boiled shrimp. And the coolest part, there were mussels in the shell, Hmm. which was awesome to look at. So, obviously, this was a lot of food, a lot of different types of food. I'm going to start from the bottom, I guess, with the broth. Much like Drake. Mm, The broth was tasty, probably my favorite part of the dish. It was rich and savory, though contrary to the menu's description, it was neither spicy nor thick, but rather thin and not spicy. It was a pretty Uh, thin broth. I'm I'm surprised they described it that way. Maybe the thickness was referring to either how you would feel after you ate it or (laughs) all of the ingredients, you know, contained by the broth. Uh, But anyway, just immediately, there was a little bit, a little bit disappointing in that respect, but the broth still tasted good despite the lack of heat. 
Now, where we ran into a problem here is that the flavor of the broth did not permeate most of the other ingredients, even the noodles. Mm -hmm. The noodles were thick and chewy and had a mild, earthy flavor to them. They hadn't been seasoned beyond whatever broth hadn't dripped off, and they were fine. They were all right. I don't believe they season their noodles in Asian cultures whenever boiling them. I think that's more of a uh, like <laughs> Western thing. Yeah, not in, any salt or anything. I, I would have been surprised if they'd have seasoned it in any way, even with salt. That could be completely off base yeah, and knows? wrong. Please, no one <laughs> correct me. <laughs> um, had they steeped for longer and absorbed some of that broth, maybe if it, maybe if I had to just let it sit for a little bit longer, uh, I'd have enjoyed them more. The veggies didn't really take on the broth quality either. I'm sad to say they were pretty much flavorless, just like pure texture, which in and of itself is not necessarily negative if those textures are serving some other qualities of the dish. I'm just going to be honest. These seem like low-quality vegetables, uh, maybe frozen or canned. Mm. Uh, I feel so bad about this, but I'm afraid I felt similarly about the pork as well. It was overcooked, mm. much like we said the beef might have been. It was very chewy, didn't have a whole lot of flavor. Not my favorite pork, but it wasn't awful. I don't want to say it was really bad. It was just, again, pretty neutral. Gotcha. You know, it didn't blow me away. It wasn't something I was looking forward to. I wasn't looking forward to each bite of pork sure. that I was taking. Awful. That would be like the heart. Mm. Lungs. Yeah. Okay. It's just spelled differently. Oh, yeah. The O-F-F. <laughs> yes. Awful. Yeah. I get you. No, it wasn't awful for sure. It was definitely pork. Um Okay, now the seafood. There were three or four different kinds of seafood. I'll start with the one I didn't like, okay, the squid. There were little chunks Ooh. of squid. You could see the tiny tentacles in their tiny suckers. And yeah, the organic suction cups on squid tentacles are called suckers. <laughs> it's their actual name. What else would you call them? Yeah. I don't know. Marks. Squidicles? Marks. No, let's not. <laughs> a sucker, a mark. Nothing about the squid's <laughs> appearance put me off i've had squid before and i've enjoyed it however i did not enjoy the squid and the golden korean jambang the flavor honestly wasn't bad very mild maybe a little sweet but the flavor dissipates after the first few seconds and you're left with just the texture and the yeah. squid was so chewy that it almost barely registers as food i, I tried one and they, they were like, quite chewy that that's definitely an acquired yeah. uh, texture well, or <laughs> not all squid i've had is like that it's never not chewy but sure. it's never like where it just won't chew up like you had to make a choice to swallow it it was that kind of thing um, it was not <laughs> not good uh, there was also shrimp which did manage to take on some of the broth flavor the shrimp were pretty tasty you'd, <laughs> you'd bite one and some of like the broth would <laughs> squirt out on your tongue it's good yeah. and it was tasty i like the shrimp uh, the best though were the mussels somehow the mussels fully absorbed the broth uh, part of it is mussels are pretty fatty too right. so that's it had a lot of flavor from the fat i used chopsticks to pull the meat out of the shells and it was so good and like fatty and savory lots of flavor lots of fun you know <laughs> mm -hmm. i love it when a meal makes you work a little bit it's fun good time <laughs> yeah those mussels were good i had i think that was my first ever mussel straight from the yeah, shell definitely was from your soup and it was, it was lovely and there were some in there that had already been removed from the shell also uh they're just floating around in there with everything else the mussels were fantastic loved them wish i could have had a whole meal of just the mussels let's just go ahead and run down the banchan the side dishes that come out before the meal since that seems like it's kind of the hallmark of this place it sets yeah. it apart from a lot of the other korean places Absolutely. in town and they're pretty cool because you can taste authentic flavors without getting a whole dish uh -huh. yeah. it's included in the price of the menu so you don't have to pay extra for it so it's easy and take a bite you know like it no big deal yeah i say we start with the what i would say the least essential banchan 
those little cold potatoes. They're just little sliced potatoes and kind of a yeah. They, you didn't like those? I, I liked I didn't, them. I liked. Them. I didn't I dislike think the least them. essential was the broccoli pieces. Oh, yeah. oh really? That's I like. I like the, the crispness of the broccoli. They're yeah, good. But it's broccoli. Yeah, there's nothing done. To I it. think like they both pieces. serve the same purpose. They're both very neutral. They don't have a lot of flavor. They just I add disagree. a little texture. I really like the potatoes. Yeah, I think somebody at the like, table even some kind of broth. Yeah, there was some kind of sauce, some kind of sweet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be fool. I'm sorry. Apology accepted. <laughs> somebody at the table was like, oh, these little potatoes are really good. I was well, like, well, yeah, man. When they came out, somebody at our table said, oh, look at those apples. Because they have <laughs> they sauce do, on they them. They do look, they like apples. look like yeah. apples. Yeah, Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. they're sliced yeah. up into a shape that isn't like typical for potatoes. Yep. Little, Palm to l- little lumps. Apples of the earth. They're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Nothing, ag- oh, nothing yeah. against them. I just think they're, you know. Yeah. You're, you're you're like fight. Yeah. Dan, you're bad. <laughs> you're not good. Um, the opposite of bad. Next up, we got those thin noodles, which I read the name of, really thought that I wrote down, and apparently did not write mm-hmm. down. Uh, they were also lovely. I thought yeah. that they were vermicelli at first, but they don't have... They're too thin. Yeah, they're and they're not as crispy as a vermicelli noodle. They they really kind of melt in your mouth. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. mostly textured. Lovely noodles, they're yeah. Good. Up next, the kimchi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of, kimchi, of that? Right? Uh, well, if you're going for the dinner portion, you get the kimchi and the cucumber kimchi. Yeah. And mm. I got to say, I think I like that cucumber kimchi more. Oh, really? Yeah. What makes it better? I think just the cucumbers. Uh, I thought that their kimchi, while it was really lovely, I liked the pungent taste of it. The cabbage of it was a little crisp mm-hmm. for my liking. I would like it to have aged a little longer and got just more wilted and not not as crispy I, I i don't i don't love the crispiness in the cabbage see i think we had two varieties because we had the very wilted like cabbage leaves you know it was mm-hmm. like when you think sure. of kimchi that was kimchi but then there was also that variety that was more like coleslaw texture sure yeah with the kimchi seasoning so we had both of those varieties so i don't know if it was different time there are also eight people at our table oh, so they oh, might wow. have brought yeah. yeah brought out the big guns I thought all the kimchi was pretty good. Andy, did you have some thoughts on the kimchi? I don't yeah, think that it's good. Yeah. I like kimchi. It's not one of my favorite things in the world, but I enjoyed it. I had a couple pieces of each and found them pleasant. I thought it was pretty essential, especially with my bulgogi and even the bibimbap. Mm-hmm. Neither of those have a lot of sauce in them, so I think the kimchi adds a real nice mm-hmm. wetness to it. When my parents came over <clears throat> to visit in Korea, they commented on, you know, imagine eating a bunch of that kimchi for you know, two or three meals a day, uh-huh. and then it's very warm out, you are going to smell like garlic, yeah, yeah. and you're going to smell like uh, chilies. And that was one thing that my parents, <laughs> if you ask them today about their trip to Korea 12 years ago, they would say, oh, it was great, lovely. You know, so everybody was so nice, and they smelled like kimchi. <laughs> They're like, that yeah. sounds a little racist, but they're not <laughs> wrong, because I'd been in the subway in Seoul in the middle of the day, and it Sure. It smells like I think a lot of places permeate the smell of their food. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I don't think that's uncommon. We smell uh, like Springfield uh, smells. Gu- <laughs> yeah. We smell like guns and churches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, deep fried fat oil. Yeah. Up next, we had the spicy fish cakes. I believe that was just like pressed tofu and some kind of fish sauce. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Not yeah. super spicy, but yeah. I thought en- they were lovely. Enjoyed the flavor. One of the things, mm-hmm. one of the few things that I tasted where the flavor really stuck out. Yeah. It had yeah. A, you know, obviously fishy, but also a mild spiciness to it. Enjoyed the cakey texture. Pretty good. And then lastly, another thing that I really thought I wrote the name down for, but did not. 
the vegetable pancake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get out of town. And you can order that as a full, yeah. I saw that as a full appetizer or whatever they call it. And it's really good because they serve it warm and you know, yeah. So, yeah. These were all served cold yeah, for the exactly, right? Bonchon, which was still lovely. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed this. I think it was a potato pancake. Yep. Yeah. And you just really get like the nuttiness of the oil in there. It kind of seeps up the oil it's cooked in, which kind of sounds gross, but really, really oh, delicious. I think it was my favorite. It's really good. It reminds me a lot of, of naan. We talked yes. about that, yeah. like a Indian naan. Yeah. So pretty tasty. Bonchon. That's there all. There we go. Try Let's it. rate this place. Out of regions of the globe that Midas touched. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Midas touched regions. I don't Korean, I guess, isn't a region. Pretty sweaty. <laughs> Are you just talking about me or this uh, nah, this bit? The concept <laughs> that you're going with here. Well, out of Midas touched regions of the globe, since <laughs> how about Midas touched strip mall? special <laughs> tease sure yeah the way better let's just say zero through five how do you uh, rate you go. <laughs> uh golden korean mitchell you're our guest we'll start with you well i think it's tough because i unfortunately it sounds like you had a, a little bit of a, a different experience so i was ready i i have my standard that's what i go there yeah. for so i think for bibimbap you know it's a it's a solid four eight you know it's it's really good as an overall experience you know to to try wild stuff i, I remember uh, we went there with our kids one time and and we got some pretty standard stuff but then we also got like a crazy squid dish or something uh-huh. like that or octopus and you know they ate two bites of it and and weren't super impressed so as an overall experience overall restaurant i mean I, it's got to be in like mid threes right three four three five sure you know that's but, fair yeah respectable <clears throat> So for bibimbap, for the Korean pancake, the the vegetable pancake, yeah, it's hard to beat in town. But there you go. Cool, Dan. I think I'm feeling similarly to you, Mitchell. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and drop a four on them. Wow, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I loved the beef bulgogi, uh, despite it not being super saucy. And I'm just really happy that a place like this in town exists. It's been around for. 12 years right now and apparently sells enough of traditional Korean food that they decided that they can stop selling the Springfield style Chinese food. And I love that that means that we're in a region that calls for something like that. That's pretty cool. I thought it was lovely. A lot of these dishes are just textural wonders, like a lot of textures you won't get elsewhere in your food and a lot of cool stuff to try here. I, I really enjoyed it. And the atmosphere too. We didn't even touch on that. I mean, it is your hole in the wall, yep. acoustic ceiling, you know, stained ceiling tiles, you know, the, the families working there. Definitely, you know, the, the odd fish tank in the back, yeah. you know, the uh, entire Eastern walls, a mirror, yes. which makes yeah. it seem much bigger than it is. I love that trick in restaurants. Yeah. Cause I always walk in and I'm like, man, this place is huge. <laughs> <laughs> Another wall is just pictures of the food too. Yeah. And this isn't like a stylized food photos. This is like iPhone three pictures of food, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, the, the people that I worked with really liked that aspect too, because often whenever you go to a place yeah. with a menu that's mostly words that you don't know, even if you read the ingredients, you don't know what the composition of those ingredients will look like. 
So that is really nice. It's cool. Yeah. And some of the dishes in those photos were served on what seemed to be like cast iron cow shaped plates. Isn't that how your beautiful <laughs> yep. gogi came? No. Well, I got oh. it to go and oh, it was a right, lunch right, right, portion. Right. So I'm not sure if it would have anyway. But yeah, no, it's man. It's, I would go back just to get one of those buddy, bad boys. One of my coworkers got that. Yeah. And I have a photo. <laughs> yeah, I, that, so that's good. five stars right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, mm, I did not have great dining experiences there with the actual food. I had a great time being there both times I was there. It's a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. It is a little hole in the wall like we talked about. It seems like kind of a special place in that way. However, I did not love anything that I ate there. Now, that is partially my own fault for being a pretty adventurous in the things that yeah, I ordered. That's, that's, that's part of it. Yeah. You know? I think if I'd gone again, I would have picked something actually appealing to me. Mm-hmm. All three of those things I picked only because I wanted to try something a little different that you maybe couldn't get at other places. And that was kind of a mistake. So for that reason, I'm going to abstain. I don't feel like I gave it a fair shot. I'm going to say that my the food that I ate altogether was probably like a 2.5, but I did not give this place a fair shot. And if I'd have done my due diligence, I would have said, can we record an hour later today and go? But you know what? I got a lot going on today. That's fine. And I figured both of you would probably suffice. So no rating from me. Wow. A true act of cowardice by Andy Cobb. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And not an a- act of reasonableness. No, you said the food was a two something, a two five, yeah. something like that. What That's I tried, which is tried. not anything that sure. particularly appealed to me. I'm never going to go to a place, not for the show, and order a big bowl of seafood noodles. That's just not something I do, but yeah. I did it because it was somebody's favorite. You went deep. So. You went deep on the I menu. Tried, I know? think I yeah. boosted my rating a little bit by the quote unquote novelty of it just being a place that beef bulgogi and fried rice are the only things on the menu I've ever yeah, heard of. And right. I just think that's such a cool, cool. thing yeah, that awesome. I'm probably bolstering Love that. my opinions of the food. It's a special place. There's no doubt about it. I'm really yeah. glad we went. I'm really glad you were here, Mitchell, to talk about it from Thanks. a different yeah, perspective yeah, than two, Thank you for two dummies. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, Mitchell, you make gin and now we're going to try that gin. <laughs> All right, Mitchell, tell us what we're drinking. Uh, so what we have here is uh, Meadowview Botanical Gin. It is a little different than what a lot of people think of when they think of gin. Uh, most people are probably used to like a London dry gin. Mm-hmm. And that's what people puked on when they were 16 or 17 <laughs> in a field. Uh, we tried to get away from that a little bit. So this is a botanical variety distilled in New Haven, Missouri, which is oh. about three hours from Springfield. Our base is... 100% Missouri-grown corn, and then there are 12 different botanicals in here. We went really light on the juniper, which is kind of you know the quintessential gin sure. note, um, but that's also kind of what can kind of turn people off. That's the Christmas tree flavor. When you're sipping like any liquor like this, especially a gin, it's a good idea to just kind of just take like a thimbleful and just let it sit on your tongue and kind of evaporate, and then that's when the different botanicals will kind of come to life, and you can start picking out like, oh, the little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. So, well, while we're taking our sips, you want to explain exactly what botanical means as it, the word is applied to gin? Sure. So um, all of your gins are going to have different mixes of botanicals, and those are really just herbs or plants or whatever. That's kind of what sets them apart, one gin being different from another, is how they use those and it's almost like a mixing board with different sound levels you know a little more of this a little less of that yeah so um i understand yeah (laughs) and then the base is important too so like this is missouri grown corn so i think it leaves a a residual sweetness to it Uh so this is kind of sweeter than you know what what you might expect for a a gin yeah it's definitely much more drinkable straight 
than yeah. gin normally is for me. I've never savored a gin before. Uh, my first drink ever, actually, of any yeah. kind of alcohol was gin Ooh, on yeah. accident. Um, <laughs> I was at my oldest brother's house, and he was living a bachelor lifestyle at that time. <laughs> and uh, we were over there, I think, playing Guitar Hero, the original one. And he had a cup out on his table from presumably the night before. I saw a clear liquid that I assumed was water. <laughs> and, uh, you so, know, I'll just drink this water <laughs> yeah, that's out yeah. overnight. Yeah, little little yeah. 15 year old dad got got his first uh, taste of Christmas tree. That's exactly how I <laughs> yeah. described it at the time and how I would still describe it. But that that's lovely. The yeah. botanical gen I just tried. It can just sit on your tongue and not burn, which I feel like is yeah. pretty rare for a hard liquor. Yeah. And this is 90 proof, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your vodka is really most are around 80 proof. Most gins are around 90 proof. Some go higher. There's Navy strength gin. Have you ever heard of this? No. no. It's, it sounds strong. It's interesting. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, we may need to Google this or go back and edit this, but I believe the story is that in the Navy, you know, they, uh, the gin was a big part of their culture or whatever, and they liked it really strong. And so to test if it was strong enough, they would put it on gunpowder and light it and if it was burned hot enough to ignite the gunpowder then they knew that it was the real deal so they would call it navy strength so i think those are like around 120 proof 110 proof yeah that's exactly what i just saw i'm looking at google and it says it says 114 proof there you go so 57 percent and the gimlet was invented by a doctor in the Royal Navy to ward off scurvy. Mm-hmm. There you go. But so apparently those two things are tied together. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. I've always heard like the age old trope of like sh- ship crewmen like drinking something that could like clean an engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, that's that that's what I always I feel the, is the brought old, up. The old saying is yo ho ho and a bottle of gin, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as I remember it. It can be. It is really lovely. It's like whatever you breathe out after taking the drink, you kind of it lights up some of that okay. sweetness. The notes that a lot of people get, of course, right off the bat are the citrus, and that's the sweet orange and lemon botanicals that are in there. And then at the end, like as you breathe out, that's when you kind of get the lavender and sage. Yeah. Those are the ones that people really pick up on. Yeah, the most. it's really lovely. So, yeah, this is awesome. I had no expectations for what this would taste like, and I really like it a lot. You know, gin is uh, also. It's my dime pieces favorite. Uh, it's her. It's her liquor of choice. Oh. Uh, she likes a gin and tonic once in the morning, <laughs> a couple times in the afternoon. You know. So I used to drink sevens and sevens in college. Had a a woman I was seeing that was really into those, and so I had like a gallon of Seagrams in oh. the freezer of the house that we lived in and then we moved out one day when i got off work i walked into my friend dumping like the last two-thirds of that gallon down the drain i was like what are you doing he's like we're moving (laughs) i can move the bottle man it can move with me that's why you like have a moving party (laughs) well considering i was moving into the shed of that house Uh would have been a very quick walk (laughs) i think i remember that shed (laughs) I've been a shed for three years. True story. <laughs> I bet, given the smoothness of this liquid, yeah, <laughs> it probably makes for a great cocktail. It does, absolutely, yeah. Now Mitchell is now constructing us a lovely cocktail, which I'm sure he's going to describe beautifully mm-hmm. once he's done very right. kindly pouring it for us. He even went to the kitchen and put ice in the glasses instead of one yeah. of us. We should have done that. Doing that. <laughs> the we just is, decided to talk on mic. <laughs> the real question is if I kept the cup straight from the tasting. I no. think I did it right. 
Yeah, left, right, here. Gin is a divisive, divisive drink. People love it, or some people absolutely hate it, or whatever. So um, it's one thing to drink gin warm and neat. That's a little odd, but this is a cocktail I like to whip up, and it's just a store-bought lemonade with uh, some basil. Always grow basil on the front porch in the summertime. So throw some basil leaves in the lemonade, let it steep for a little bit, and then add it to your gin. And Oh, man. Hmm. Rats off to you. It's so... Good. Yeah. <laughs> Very summery. Yeah. All of the flavors in there are pretty subtle. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like overpowering and lemonade and not overpoweringly basilly or ginny. It, it just gin. tastes like a fancy lemonade mostly. Like yeah. you yeah. the gin really is not too crazy in this. Yeah. And this is good. You could whip up a batch of this and you know, if you're having a party or whatever, set it out and there's nothing to go flat or you know, it's Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Pretty hard Say to mess up. at prom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You may right. not endorse this, but <laughs> since the gin is so smooth, you could really spike a prom punch with oh, this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, 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 you might smell. I, I don't think oh, it's... Oh, yeah. Like it's in that, it's in that lavender coming off you. I didn't do anything like way. that in high school. <laughs> Wouldn't do it. Don't condone it. But I'm just saying, yeah. high school listeners. If you could. Botanical gin. If, if your, your prom has lemonade. Right. Well, we're getting to the age, too, where it's like parents, you know, we've got... My stepson's 16, you know, so mm-hmm. he's getting to that age where it's like, oh. Yeah. I've it's got scary. a 10-year high school reunion, reunion coming up. There I can uh, maybe go spike that punch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if yours is coming up, that means I'm on the... Ooh, uh, it's been a long time since mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again for letting us try all of these delicious beverages. I mean, we tried two things, mm, but thank yeah. you for bringing those two <laughs> sure. things, and they were great. I'll, I'll leave the bottle and cup with you guys, and you they guys can... Uh, certainly enhanced our discussion today. There you go. <laughs> these cups are cool, too. Some Metaview Botanical Gin Cups. Yeah. yeah. Uh, custom. Yeah, get after it. Metaview is actually the name of the street where I live in Southern Hills. Oh, oh wow. awesome. Yeah. And Very my buddy cool. and my business partner uh, used to live two doors down, and so we'd kind of stand in the driveway and talk while the kids ran around, and that's kind of where the idea came from. And Yeah, that's, that's a really sweet story. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> you're going to die. You've been sentenced to death. we got to talk about your last meal. Funny bitch. That's right. Gin has been made illegal. I'm sorry, Mitchell. <laughs> and you've been sentenced to death by Judge Ken McClure himself. Yep. Oh my. Absolutely. Not a judge, but yeah, that's okay. He is now. In, in, <laughs> in the, the post, time of prohibition. In post-gin America. <laughs> yes. yeah. he's, he's now a judge. Mayors are judges. Has, has all alcohol been prohibited or just, <laughs> just gin? gin. Okay. Just gin. That checks out. <laughs> it was instantaneous. Anyone who'd been <laughs> making gin is now a criminal. So sentenced to death. you've been sentenced to death. You're on death row. As it were, how right. they're gonna do them? How are they gonna do them? <laughs> they're gonna make him drink gin until he dies. Yeah, there you oh, go. Wow. Guillotine. You'd be force-fed gin. There are worse ways, I guess. Sure, you'd be gin-boarded. <laughs> oh, Ooh, that's bad. Nope. <laughs> all right, so you get a drink, an appetizer, an entree, and dessert, all from locally owned Springfield restaurants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What drink are you gonna get for oh, that last meal? Are you kidding me? <laughs> How's that even a question? <laughs> I'm going upstairs to Reverie uh, above Progress, and I'm oh. just I'm going to have a Meadowview gin martini. Wow. Fantastic! All right, four ounces of gin. I'm going to tell them to throw the vermouth out the window. I'm going four ounces of Meadowview botanical gin up. Fantastic! Hey. Love that. All right, they, they also make some amazing cocktails with it too. But I've had a few. I can yeah. I can verify the veracity of that <laughs> statement. Yes. 
Or if I'm hot, I might have a gin and tonic. You mm-hmm. never know. But it's definitely meta of you. All right. But well, but, but in this weird dystopian, draconian, whatever, <laughs> gin's illegal. Well, so. Mm, not if you're on death row. It's just like a primer for the way oh, you're okay. going to die. Right. There you go. That's right. Okay. That's so where they go. sent all the leftover gin. Gotcha. <laughs> to death row. Yeah. <laughs> to reverie. Tell us about that appetizer. Appetizer, I don't know. So you guys, uh, you're the experts here, but I, you know, I'm dying. So I, I guess I don't care. I'm going to Buffalo Wild Wings for some. Um, Does, can't do it. Not locally owned. <laughs> oh, not locally owned. Okay, where do I get cheese curds? Where are the best cheese curds Ooh, in town? They definitely oh, have some at Lindbergh's. The poutine, poutine has cheese curds there. Okay. Lost Signal has okay. cheese Ooh. curds on their poutine. Where have we had fried cheese, Dan? We've had fried cheese at Cafe Man. Cusco, which is mm. pretty good. I don't know if we've ever had fried cheese curds. That's, yeah. a, that's a tough one. The only thing that's coming to mind is Culver's, which decidedly not local. Not local. Yeah. So if you're a local place, it serves cheese curds and some fried kind of cheese curds with fried a, cheese with curds. a creamy, fatty dipping yes. sauce. Get a hold of us. Yeah. We've got somebody we're trying to kill here. <laughs> yeah, please. Can't do it until we get these curds. <laughs> yeah, these arteries aren't going to clog themselves. <laughs> Entree. Entree. I'm definitely going to Galloway Grill. Yeah, Galloway Grill. All right. That's the best cheeseburger in town, but no in, in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion, down nice. on the tr- tr- bike trail, I'm going to sit outside. I'm going to have their burger medium. Wow. I was yeah. there yesterday. Yeah. My dad got one medium. Well, I got a Nashville chicken sandwich, which was, which was a special. It was not spicy. It was very sweet. I huh. know. Which is interesting. Okay. See, but, uh, and I'm I, a big fan of that place though. I'm a huge fan of that place. And so, and, and Dan are the owners and we've been going there. We live in Southern Hills. So huh? it's a three mile bike ride down the trail. And, and is so nice. She comes and our son, our youngest son is named doc. And so he's almost four now, but ever since doc was a baby, we'd ride and put him in this trailer thing, ride him down there and Anne would hold him. And so she's watched him grow up. And so it's so a place near and Look, dear to our heart. So. You're not getting off death row. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> trying to use yeah. the sympathy. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting while we're on the topic of food and that Nashville chicken sandwich, huh? it's delicious. It's so good. But they warned me that it was spicy. It's not. And I wasn't trying to be Billy Big or anything like that. But I'm like, this is just not spicy. You know, and I, it's okay. you know, we've been to hot cluckers too. And you get like the hot mother clucker. Not that hot. Oh, we've been over all this. Episode. Episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Again, no. but, you know, not trying to stunt on anyone. No. Or what, but I was just like, don't warn me. I understand. Anyway. I get why they do it. Some people are going to complain if it's too hot, even if they're warned beforehand. It happens. Yeah. All right. Good sandwich, um, though. Cheeseburger, best cheeseburger in town. I'm eating the cheeseburger. I'm talking to Ann one last time. That's bold. That yeah. makes me want to try that right now. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> I love whenever people throw down a claim like that. Love yeah. it. It's good. It's on the big Hawaiian. It's consistent, too, which is the thing. It's all, It's always the same. It's always good. Big Hawaiian squishy yeah. roll, whatever. Dan and I grew up in the church right around the mm-hmm. corner. Oh, yeah. And one day we will cover Galloway Grill. Ooh. With some people from our youth group, yeah, and it's going to be quite stories, and it will be the uh, most, the least listened to episode <laughs> we've ever done. But uh, that will happen. All right, yeah. You get one more dessert before death. What do you pick? Hey, does everybody say Andy's? I feel no. really. I feel like you it's would a be the first. What? Yeah. Where? What else are people saying? All kinds of stuff. Well, they're fools. <laughs> Andy's frozen custard. Getting uh, one last concrete, man. What would you put in that concrete, sir? Here's a hot take: strawberries. Wow. wow. I, I just simply seems like a cold take. I just had a key lime pie concrete the other day from there That's after a, a nice long hike, just negating <laughs> the, key lime pie. the other day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh it did it the had trick. me rapping. Yeah. It, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have some crazy stuff on the menu, the the boot daddies and the jackhammers and all that. But man, just fresh strawberries, big, big chunks of strawberries. Yeah. 
Just yep. listing off my old high school nicknames, Boot Daddy, Jackhammer, <laughs> Andy. You know what? This is the first time we've done this, but I think that's a good enough pick that we're going to commute your sentence. Wow. Oh. That is I so talked to kind. Ken, my friend Ken, and uh, you're, you're safe. You're He's good. decided that we're not going to leaving Las Vegas him and <laughs> make him drink to death. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, thanks, guys. Cool. Then, yeah. Ken was like, you know what? I always get like five or six toppings in my concrete. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should have been get one. Yeah. This guy's a genius. Kind of a bummer that Set we didn't ask him to commute any of the sentences of our other guests, nah. and they're all dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why you'll never hear the children's on the show again. Yeah. They didn't give us gin. <laughs> yeah, they should have thought of that. All right. Well, this has been a good show. You want to tell us where? Oh no. Hey, uh, um, seems somebody just showed up <laughs> oh. here in the studio. Oh, hey there! Where'd that guy come from? Uh, excuse me. Terrible security on the Hammond's Tower. Who, who are you? <laughs> well, it's me, Botanical Jim! Oh, yes, yes, Botanical Jim. Uh, what, why, why are you here? And maybe elaborate further upon well, who you are. I was just out in the garden and I heard you from outside. Okay. You kept saying my name. <laughs> uh, this happens a lot with guests of ours, actually. We say something very similar to their name over and over again and then they show up here in the studio. Um, elaborate further, Botanical Jim. What, what, what's your deal? <laughs> it's not clear from looking at me. Uh, my deal? You, you asked me to come here. Okay. You don't say somebody's name 15 times and then say, oh, we don't we didn't need you here. You were calling for me. Okay. Well, we, let's say we were calling for you, Jim. You're now on the show. Uh, welcome. Why? Why? What's your... What are you doing? What's life? going on with you, what's Jim? What's the premise of my bit? <laughs> what, what's what's not the to, premise not to, of your yeah, bit? Not to put too fine a point on it. But. Listen, <laughs> once again, you asked me. Look, I was outside. I can't help but hear it. I mean, I like the show, to be honest. I'm a big fan, especially of Dan. I like Dan's bits a lot. <laughs> yeah, Andy's most of our guests do. Andy's a little bit too self-conscious. Yes. <laughs> he talks too much, goes on. It's almost like he's got a lot of his reviews already written out. I think he would agree, yes. Yeah. Well, you called me, and you know it was it was morning when you called me, and I was just you know sort of waking up. I usually been down a little bit at night, and I was I was just gearing up. I was getting getting my back straight. Okay. And I was hearing <laughs> you. I was hearing Dan's voice, and you, you seem very kind. Your name's Mitchell, right? Yeah, Mitch. Mitch. Can Either I call works. you Mitch? We discussed. Okay. <laughs> Some of my friends call me Sonny. I don't know why. It's silly. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just thought I'd come in and see what all the commotion was about. Jim, you, you sound an awful lot like Fred Schneider. I just want to put that out there from the B-52s. Um, <laughs> I la la love that you said that. <laughs> I take it as a compliment. Okay. So you were you you just you just woke up here. Why why were you here? I mean, I've never not been. I was born here. Okay. I grew up here, and I just live here. You're, you're 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 from the garden, correct? What's what, what, what? I was in the garden this morning. That, yes. that is the thing that I said. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Are you some type of blossom? Mm, why don't you just look at me and see? <laughs> it's a gin what blossom. What do I look like to you? Uh, okay. Do we have ourselves a gin blossom here? That would have been pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. No. <laughs> no. Oh my. Well, he's some kind of botanical, then, right? A, a, a juniper? A plant? Maybe? Yeah. 
I shouldn't have worn this mask. I knew it'd be too oh hard. God. Okay, let me take this mask off. <laughs> now, How very future can you tell of you. What I am? Um, oh, now it's it's abundantly clear. <laughs> yes, Mitchell, why don't, why don't you tell the folks? This is clearly not working. <laughs> I'm a sunflower. Friends call me Sunny. I bend up, you know, in the right. morning, all that. Okay, this didn't work. Fine. What's that, what's that do I'm going gin? back outside. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm going to miss that guy. Wow, my mom is going to be disappointed. She is a florist. <laughs> Abandoned bit. Abandoned <laughs> oh, bit. <goodness. laughs> well, that didn't go as well as I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have played out now. Yeah, a, a little lead in. <laughs> I think we had a good 20, 30 more minutes with Botanical Jim. Personally, we were just now getting later. to the beat of it. Hey, Jim, are you going to come back on the show? <laughs> Not a chance. That's a shame. Wow. It's honestly surprising we've never gotten to use the abandoned bit alarm before. <laughs> I know for a fact there are some that we could have definitely hammered it on. Anyway, thank you for coming today, Mitchell. <laughs> Tell us everywhere in Springfield where people can try Meadowview Botanical Gym for themselves. Botanical Gym. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. Right now, we're at four different brown derbies, both of the Macadoodles, north side, south side. We're at High V. Price Cutter, we just got some news. They're going to be bringing us into a handful of their stores in wow, the very cool. near future. So not yet, but soon. Let's see. Uh, Cherry Picker. And then a handful of restaurants. Reverie in Progress uses us in a cocktail or two. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking to the guys at Team Taco, see if they can do like a, a Tobo Meadow, like yeah. a Tobo Chico and a Meadow View Gin. That'd be um, lovely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so spots like that. And then uh, if you are a local restaurant and you need a good quality hey, botanical gin. I'm a local restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us a call. Find us on Instagram. I run our Instagram account. It's just me and one other guy. So that's probably a pretty easy way to get in touch. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank yeah. you again for coming. Thank you for reaching out and letting us try your gin. Thank yeah. you. Gin and Korean food. They go together so well. Yeah. We're not going to give all the details on this just yet, but we <laughs> have booked a one-year anniversary live show. I think we actually booked yes. it this time, well, too. I reached out. I'm pretty sure we've got it confirmed. We had to move the date around, but it's going to happen. You can do the math yourself and figure out about the time it would be. Sure. Our first episodes came out October 1st, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not going to be that day. It's going to be before. Anyway, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. If you think a friend would like the show, hmm, I, I don't know why you would. <laughs> Maybe suggest uh, <laughs> just listen to the beginning part of this yeah. one. <laughs> Please uh, recommend it to them with a little bit of a personal message. I w- we would both very appreciate that. I definitely We would, would. both very appreciate <laughs> yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Gin works. Yeah. Thank you again, Mitchell. Thank you again, Dan, for always showing up. Thank you, Andy. Do this. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> See everybody next week. Oh, sunny like a sunflower. <laughs> oh, that was bad. <laughs> I meant to sit down and come up with a bunch of sunflower jokes, and I totally forgot. But I didn't want to not do it. Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, guess what? You can. Visit support.springfoodpod.com. That's support.springfoodpod.com. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Spring Food Media. Why don't you want to eat that? Because it's too crunchy. Your fish stick is too crunchy? Why aren't you able to eat that crunchy fish stick? Because it's not good. What's not good about it? I ate two sides, then I feel it was too crunchy. Okay. So what did your teeth think? They think it was too hard.
You have strong cheek, though. But, but, but my teeth are not hard enough. <laughs> Do you want me to heat it up for you? No. You want me to get my fish stick softener out? No. I can soften that fish stick for you. I don't want to. How about I chew it up and I'll spit it out and you can eat it? No. <laughs> That'd be gross, wouldn't it? You want me to do that? No.